Welcome to Pet Sitter Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Pet Sitters Associates, today, and our Patreon members, like our newest supporter, Annabelle. Annabelle, thank you so much for supporting the show. And we want to thank the other supporters like Catherine, Jack, Ashley, Janie, uh, Noof Drool, Yvonne, Anna, Liz, Desiree, Erica, and Tannis, and many, many others. Thank you very much for keeping the show going, financially supporting it every week. And we are very, very thankful. And thank you for listening. Today, we are talking all about AI, and I'm sure if you grew up in the 90s, you know what AI is because there was that famous movie. So it's called Artificial Intelligence, and it's kind of been a big topic of discussion the last few months. And if you aren't sure exactly what it is or how it really plays into business, that is okay because that's what we're going to talk about today. So it's the simulation of human intelligence in machines that are programmed to think and learn like humans. It can include tasks like understanding natural language, uh, recognizing images, making decisions, solving problems, those kind of things. And it can, in, in our businesses and in life in general, it can really be implemented in a variety of ways, like machine learning. So it's a method of training a computer to learn from data and different neural networks, which are types of machine learning models inspired by the structure of the human brain. And this can all seem very amorphous, (laughs) very difficult to get your head around because it's not just a computer doing these things. It's so much more than that. Yeah, it's, it, it is not just a computer program. And, and we'll, we'll use these, these terms kind of interchangeably throughout our discussion today. But, but basically, the, the AI is taking an existing data set, existing knowledge, and it, it's about changing that into an output that's useful to you, either something that is novel, it's brand new, it's never been seen before. Maybe it's a different interpretation. It's matching a different pattern. So machine learning, that's where you tell the machine, you go, look, look, this is an apple. This is an apple. This is an apple. This is an apple. And you train it to know what an apple is. And then that program now then looks out into the rest of the world and tries and identifies all the rest of the apples that it can find. That's one version of AI, and it's really great for, find, for finding pattern matchings. They use that a lot in actually healthcare these days for screening for different cancers, looking at MRIs, looking at blood smears, all those things can find those patterns. And today we're talking about how we can now use some of these new modern tools in our business. And it's been a really big discussion, Megan, as you said, and it will continue to be a discussion for the foreseeable future, especially when it comes to understanding how we can ethically use AI when it's generating content for us. You know, asking that question, can can I use a photo or text that's been generated by an AI if that AI is using and pulling from artwork or writing that is actually copyright protected, right? And there are actually several law cases right now going to courts around the country to determine if those kind of things are possible or legal and what kind of requirements they have around them. So that's still all to work out at this point. But wouldn't that be up to the specific program or specific app that you are downloading and using and not necessarily up to the individual end user because the program or whatever app you're using is generating it and you are just using the generation of it. So you are not ultimately responsible for putting those copyrighted pieces together. That was the the program you're using. So that's what these court cases are trying to decide is to whom does that copyright apply to? 
Is it the program or is it the person trying to use or implement what was generated for their benefit and their gain? But I can't be responsible for knowing all of the information on the back end that it generated that one image of a dog. So now there's legislation being proposed for the AI tools have to show and have to display and acknowledge and cite the sources that they pulled from so that you can be aware from that. Because right now you have no idea. And that leads to a lot of legal implications of you not knowing. Or if you're an artist, if you're a writer, you might not want your content. Or if you're a blog writer, you know, your blog that you're putting together and putting all of your effort into doing the research and writing for how to, you know, diagnose or understand kidney stones or or uh, urinary t- uh, problems for with pets. Those could potentially be sucked up into an AI and used to generate responses in years to come. Is there any way to stop that? Well, right now it's all opt out. So you have to go to certain programs and say, no, don't use my data or don't use my data. Or you can request data to be shown to you if it applies to you, if it was yours, but it's all opt out instead of opt in. And so they're trying to change some language around that to make it a little bit more user friendly. So when it comes to using AI for your business, there is a lot of power that it can bring to you. So you may pay for a monthly subscription to get access to the software, just like you do with if you use a booking software and a CRM for your business, signing up for an AI service will soon be pretty straightforward. As straightforward it is booking software online. However, though, the real issue now is that there is just so much development going on. So knowing which AI to try or how to even try it is slightly confusing. And hopefully this will get better in the future as AI becomes more and more integrated into our businesses. But right now, we really want to highlight some ways, both current and possible future solutions that AI can help our businesses run better. And like you said, Megan, it all sounds really futuristic and kind of sometimes I know for me going, well, it's not really for me. That's not that not, you know, AI isn't really something that I can use in our business. But again, I think what's important to right now is understand we are right at this introduction. It's all so new. So think back to when you first started using booking software for your company. Think, think back to how instrumental that was to your business and how much it changed your business and its operations and how much it gave back to you and how much it allowed you to do. That, that's what we're talking about here. That kind of revolutionary aspect to our businesses is where we're really looking at and thinking about right now. Because it, it's, as it becomes more accessible and more affordable, we'll be able to implement these tools in bigger and better ways for our businesses. So we'll mention a few products and programs here, but don't think of these as full recommendations, rather just examples of what is currently available with an eye on, you know, future possibilities. AI and technology is constantly changing every day. So this area is still pretty new, but we are going to talk about some of these here. So what are some of the ways AI programs can help us in our business? Well, one big way is actually automating scheduling and appointment booking. I know we all have booking softwares, but there are some AI programs out there that are still in development that are looking for ways to not just accept bookings, but now work around a predetermined system that you help train it on. So basically, the it can be used to automatically schedule your dog walks and send reminders to customers around your set schedule without you having to manage or move things around to make adjustments to make it make sense for your day or your schedule. It can actually change the schedule automatically and make it work for you and your staff members. 
But like I said, this kind of software is still currently in development, and there are no known actual programs that, that I'm aware of that currently do this, but I do know that some are being worked on. Another way that artificial intelligence can help us is by tracking and monitoring. So a lot of times we want to track dog walks, how far we walk the dogs, especially if you're going on adventure hikes. And so these AI-powered wearables can be used to track the location and activity of dogs and alert the owner if there is any danger. Maybe a dog has run off. Well, the owner can track it. Invoxia is a company that just announced a wearable AI collar that sends alerts about the dog's health and location. So say you are walking a dog and it has a heart problem that not even the owner is notified of. This could help because it's designed to alert when biometric data starts to get concerning. So the AI part of this here is it looks at the data for the trends and it knows when to alert for a possible concern. Yeah, so it's monitoring uh, heart rate, it's monitoring temperature, it's monitoring um, dissolved oxygen in the blood, and it's looking at the activity. So that's where that location aspect comes in. And it's not just sucking in all of this data. But then the AI model is being applied to that data to see where are their concerns, where are their heart palpitations. Maybe this dog is not moving as much as it should be expected. What does that mean? What are some underlying health conditions that we could surface here and alert uh, to not just us, but the owners as well? And so the biometric data here is comparing to a dog of similar age, breed, etc. No, no, this 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 AI is able to look at these health charts and go, oh, what is this telling me? So of this particular dog? This particular dog. It's like you would go in and have it monitored by a vet and the vet would chart the heart rate and go, oh, when I see a heart rate that looks like this, that tells me X, Y, Z. This AI model is looking at those kind of figures and data and going, when I see this kind of pattern, that may be XYZ. Here's an alert. Go to a vet and get this checked out by a professional. That's the power of this. So then this would need to be constantly used. It's not something that you could put on a 16-year-old beagle who you're going out walking for the very first time. Right. There would have to be some history there and be using it. But even then, and and again, Invoxia has just released this at CES this year. And uh, and so there's still a lot to to be pulled from this. And these models are going to get much better over time. But yes, you are going to get the most benefit from this the longer you wear it. So if you have clients who have concerns about a dog, it may be worth it to encourage them to buy this. It's $145 plus like an $8 a month subscription to get access to that AI monitoring and data analysis. But if you have a dog or a breed that you're specifically concerned about, this is another tool that you can give to them. You can then get access to that, and it's useful if you're taking them for hikes or if you're doing adventure hikes, you're doing all this activity with them so that you can be alerted to see what's going on. AI can also be used for safety and emergency responses. So we all have clients with cameras, and so these cameras can be used for AI purposes. AI-powered cameras and sensors can be used to monitor the safety of pets during visits and either alert the dog walker or, if you're doing a cat, alert the cat sitter for emergency services if needed. So Furbo makes one. I think that's the most popular one. They make in-home cameras to monitor dogs already, and they're adding AI for much better alerts and notification. The AI in a Furbo is fed the live camera feed, and it recognizes faces, shapes, sounds, and even detects certain behaviors and movements that can alert you if something is wrong. Right now, the Furbo can do something really simple. It can detect when the dog is looking right at the camera, and it can send a selfie to the owner, which is really adorable, but (laughs) it's a little bit ridiculous. 
But you can see how a camera that is analyzing the movements and the sounds of a dog would be eventually able to send alerts for a seizure or choking or other medical anomalies. Yeah. And so you, if you're watching cats or if you're watching dogs and you want to have a better eyes and ears on them, I know there are pet sitters who will go and leave cameras and a home, especially if they have particularly skittish pets. But it's a great way to not just get activity alerts. That's one thing cameras can do right now. They can detect motion whenever they see a, a, an animal on screen. Now imagine if there was AI analyzing that video and could tell you what that motion means. Oh, when I see it, again, this pattern matching. When I see a cat walking like this, what does that mean? When I see a dog sounding like this, what does that mean? What does that tell us about that dog? And so you get really, again, these powerful insights into the health and the life of that pet, even whenever you are not there. So we had just talked about the trackable being specific to a particular pet, but this would be more general. Yeah, this is and th- these things are going to come step by step. I think one of the first things that they're working on is, again, seizure detection, because that has a very particular kind of movement and sounds associated with it that the AI can pick up on easily. But then you could see how the AI could now walk, monitor the gait of the dog and monitor the gait of the cat and see, is there hip dysplasia going on? Is there some neurological? condition that's happening? Or is this just due to old age that's going on right now? As these get more and more nuanced, those are going to take longer to detect by an AI that may be more natural to a vet or a professional in the field. But AI is on its way to getting there as it can be trained and fed that good quality data that now can look at your animal or the pets that you're caring for and pick up on those patterns. That's all that we're talking about here. That's what it's really doing is pattern matching and then extrapolating from that to say, okay, well, when I see this movement, that is going to tell us X, Y, Z. I think one of the coolest things about AI in the future is that it's going to be able to do route optimization. And this is going to be crucial if you have staff in the field or even yourself going from home to home. And and yes, you know where the homes are, but for maybe if you have staff or you have a remote location like we do, and I don't know where house to house is, and I have to go onto Google Maps all the time, this would really help us out. It can optimize the routes taken by the dog walkers to ensure that they are efficient and safe for both the dogs and the walkers. So when I go onto Google Google Maps and I say this route to this route is most efficient, but there might be a construction site or there might be some other thing that I don't have knowledge of. Maybe every day at 12 o'clock, the stoplight is five minutes long when it's should only be one minute long, but I'm not taking that into account. Well, and not surprisingly, Google has launched a fleet routing program. Uh, but And I know there are, there are other programs that are trying to do this same thing. Right now, the Google one is really aimed at delivery drivers and big, large industries with more um, like delivery trucks and that kind of thing. But it is becoming more and more, again, as it scales up, it's able to be applied to smaller and smaller businesses. So I, I too am really excited about this because basically what you do is you go and you enter all the locations that you need to visit for that day. And this AI program will analyze and optimize for that best route, giving all sorts of things that you want to account control for or maybe input new data for. So it can give you that because it's Google and they have access to Google Maps data, 
They can route plan based on real-time traffic data. Uh, maybe it's based on gas usage or it's just time sensitivity things where you know, okay, given these these locations, I can now, just like we do when we sit down and when think about it, when you look at your visits for that day, you look at an inherent structure and go, okay, well, I need to visit that dog first because that's older and it's on medication. And then the cat visit, I can flex in between these and I can do that kind of stuff. That is going to be able to soon be able to done to be able to set that priority of visits based on your criteria that you can plug into the model that's going to give you that power so you don't have to sit there with pen and paper and kind of outline it and be frustrated. <laughs> so this is a fleet program by Google that I can download on the App Store right now. You have to go in and go into log into their cloud servers so you can actually there's a link in the show notes that goes to this, but it's Google Fleet uh, Google Fleet routing program and you have to sign up and with uh, these big AI packages, you actually pay for the per hour compute time that it takes to run your model. And so the shorter the model, uh, the less you pay for because the less compute time that you're using. And again, right now, this kind of program is really aimed at UPS. Uh, it's aimed at local delivery services and that those 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 kind of businesses uh it hasn't quite scaled to a lot of our needs at this exact time uh and because mo- a lot of these will also add in real time gps tracking to constantly update the model as your drivers are out there driving around so it's not quite accessible to most businesses right now but google fleet is one that is is trying to get there if you have been on any website in virtually the last five years, you have likely encountered an AI chatbot. So another way that AI can help us is with customer service. It can be used to answer customer questions on our website or provide information about the business, helping to really improve that customer satisfaction. Even Facebook has this where you can input certain answers for questions that clients may have. And so AI, like Chatbot, are great at this. You give it data, you give it information about your company, and then it will have a conversation with clients about questions that they have. And unlike Chatbots of old, and Chatbot is an actual company, so we're going to be using that phrase a little interchangeably for both the company and the kind of product here. But unlike the old computer chats that you used to have, it is not as programmatic. It is interpreting the language that somebody is giving it to them. It's not it, – think of it as the old uh, phone trees of like, if this is your question, press 1. If this is not your question, press 2. That is how a lot of old – Zero. Zero. <laughs> zero. Zero. Operator. Right. Uh, <laughs> that is how a lot of old programs used to work is that it, there was very limited input because there was a very specific and limited output. Now, imagine a chatbot that it can have actually an organic conversation. And it sounds much more natural on your end as you're having that conversation and asking questions to it. And all you do is you go to the chatbot and with these programs, you can input the data about your your business. They'll ask you, what are your business hours? What are your prices for your services? What do you call your services? When can they contact you? What's your service area? All of that information you input into the program, and then it just goes and has a conversation with somebody. It finds out their questions. It will spit back out the answers that you have given it. And when it reaches the end of it, then of, of its knowledge, if it asks, if somebody asks a weird, obscure question and that's not in its data set, it will politely refrain, it, you know, redirect them to the contact form or an email or ask them to call you the next day instead of just going, I'm sorry, I can't answer that. <laughs> 
And then there's everybody's favorite marketing. So AI can help the business to understand their clients better. It can recommend services. It can create personalized marketing campaigns. You know, we always worry about SEO for our websites, for our Google My Business. So software, something like neural text is making that easier. It analyzes data for your kind of business, and it's, it will then generate the SEO text for that to use on your website which is pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everything from service descriptions to blog titles. They also have a tool called Also Asks. It's where you type in a keyword and the AI generates all of the associated Google searches for that. It gives you content ideas. It it is really a phenomenal feature. You know, we searched dog walking and it came up with four different things. How do I become a dog walker? Is 15 minutes enough for a dog walk? Do dogs need two walks a day? How much do dog walkers make? You could really turn several of those into blog topics in general and, and content and social media posts, which would help drive people to your site or to your pages. Canva also has an AI program where you can enter the title of an article and it will generate the text of that article. Keep in mind, though, it will not write about anything medical, which makes sense because I guess they don't want to be held liable for that. (laughs) And that is a really important part of this discussion is understanding that the AI does have its limits. Sometimes its limits are based on its program. Sometimes the limits are based on the data that's it, that has been put into it. Sometimes its limits are hard-coded into things it will and will not generate for you and your business. Well, and also you had tried to generate an image a few weeks ago of a dog. I don't know exactly what you told it to do, but... <laughs> I don't know if you were trying to be funny, but you sent it to me as a draft, and I looked at it, and something was very off with this image, and it's because the dog had five legs. Yeah. Right now, honestly, uh, AI does not know how to handle animals. Uh, it, they miss legs. Their heads are weirdly shaped. Their eyes are all googly. Uh, it has I, five legs. It, has five, it will generate the most fantastic sci-fi art and moon landing and all sorts of things in the world, but if you ask it to draw a cat or you know, generate a cat on a couch in a mid-century modern couch uh, with at sunset, that cat will look <laughs> like... Why is that? Like the, there's some ideas uh, trying to understand of pattern matching for animals that the variety is just too intense. Right now, there's so much variety of animals that the AI programs do not know how to uh, predictably generate the next thing because that's what they do. They go, okay, given the data that I have... How do I algorithmically generate the next point in the series? And that's where things go off and get get wrong because they don't know, okay, is this cat sitting? Is it sideways? Is it standing up? Is it backwards? Is it wh- what angle I'm doing this from? And it's jitter- generating all that on the fly. And so you you end up in this position where it just completely mispredicts what that cat's going to look like because it doesn't know where it's going along that path. Well, and I guess even if you would be excruciatingly specific on what you wanted, like if you, you know, gave it a 500 word description of a picture that you wanted, it would probably come out looking super goofy, right? No, the actually the more specific that you are for AI, the better because that that means it has to do less assuming with what you want. The more st- that you can start it off with, so be as descriptive as possible. It the the AI programs for generating content as far as um, images and as far as text love that. 
that gives them a lot to work with. They can really run with that. And so whenever you're making this, you, you actually want to be as specific as possible when you're, when you're, when you're generating that. Speaking of AI, we asked AI to write our ad spot, and <laughs> this is what it gave us. Here we go. Attention all pet business owners. Are you looking for a way to protect your business and give yourself peace of mind? Look no further than Pet Sitters Associates. They offer comprehensive pet business insurance tailored to your specific needs. With our insurance, you'll be fully protected. But it's not just about protecting your business. It's also about protecting your clients' pets. With our insurance, you can have the confidence to handle any situation that may arise, knowing that you're covered. Don't wait until it's too late. Get the protection you need with PetSitters Associates. Visit PetSitLLC.com or give us a call today to learn more about how we can help you protect your business. What the ad left out was you can get a discount when joining by clicking Membership PetSitter Confessional and use the discount code CONFESSIONAL at checkout to get $10 off. Check out the benefits of membership and insurance once again at PetSitLLC.com. AI can also be used for business optimization. It can help your business analyze your data and identify areas for improvement. So I know that if you use a software like Time to Pet, they have an amazing report generation feature. You can look at your numbers and your clients and, and see what percent is where. But for AI part, you can go even further with that. You can identify which services are most in demand, which areas are most profitable. And again, not surprisingly here, Google has an amazing product for this. Yeah, and also remember the IBM Watson, which won Jeopardy, um, it feels like forever ago at this point. Um, that's still around, actually, and being used for this exact kind of thing. Basically, you give AI your business operations data, and it will start picking up on trends and show you areas where you can improve. So you can send it an annual report of all of your business data and all of when the services were booked, where they were booked, who was booking them, how much they paid, all of your expenses, and it can start algorithmically putting all of this together for you, just like a good data scientist who would look at your data, a good data analyst who would look at your data and go, here's what you need to know about this. Here's the information that you can pull from this. Here's when walks are most in demand. Here's when, here's the seasons that you have in your business. Here's when you're not as busy. Here's whenever your uh, expenses are high. All of those patterns and questions you can start pulling out of your data that is really overwhelming for us right now. And that's where the business optimization and the data, the big data sets are really scary for a lot of people because we we have the data, our programs, our softwares are pulling them for us and we can look at them and go, well, I don't. I don't know what this means. What do I do with this? And that can be one of the most infuriating parts of running a business is getting data. And Megan, you and I ran into this all the time when we were doing data analysis and reports back in our science days. If you'd get a a p-value of 0.04 and you'd have to go, great. What does that mean now? (laughs) What does that mean? What do I do with that? I know it's significant, but what what is the implication for it being significant? Yeah, we always ask, what is the biological significance of this, given what the questions that we're asking and the the experiment that we put together? Now, running a business, you can get a report that says that your expenses were 15% higher from this month from last. You go, uh, okay, okay, they were higher. Um, let let me think about why they could be higher and start conjecturing and, and trying to figure that out. Well, 
putting it into uh, so these products from Google or IBM Watson, it's not just conjecturing why it's higher. It's actually pulling hard data out of there, giving your business where you are, how you're operating, and that kind of thing. Uh, and I'll also recommend another one here is TensorFlow if you really want to do your own programming, which I think is nobody. But in case you're, <laughs> in case you're out there, it's, it's an option. <laughs> Obviously, there is a lot of change going on in this space. Technology is, every day it's changing. So it can be overwhelming trying to see what all is out there. I'm not a very techie person. Colin, you are much more techie than I am. So (laughs) I appreciate you kind of breaking all of this down for us. There is a lot of maturing that the AI industry has to do. Obviously, getting the dog down from five legs to four legs is going to be significant. Oh, it's a big one. Yeah. So, I mean, both in the actual AI systems and the product's power. So these products that are coming on board, they have some kinks to work out as well. So the programs are there right now. It's just a matter of various companies finding uses for the programs and the models for different needs. And that's where there is a lot of development yet to come. And so now we wanted to talk about some of the apps and programs of AI that we use in our business. Yeah, so we talked a little bit about this with the five-legged dogs and the three-legged cats. Uh, but MidJourney is actually an AI for photo creation and photo generation. So this is where you can t- go in and you can ask it and give it a big prompt. And the prompt is basically saying what you want out of this. And it will sit there and spin and turn and generate a photo. And it will generate in whatever style you want. That's always fun. In a painting, in oil painting, in ultra realistic. You can have all of these addendums to the, the prompt that you give it. Basically, we are using this as a way of generating content and photos for our business. So a lot of us pay for license fees for photos to use legally. Uh, and it's, it's necessary in a lot of our businesses. It's, an, it's a requirement when we start using these for social media content or on our blogs or uh, on our email newsletters. However, something that I was constantly frustrated with was finding the right photo <laughs> of what I wanted, the, the exact photo that I wanted to use to display a concept or an idea. And so really, you know, I, I started to wonder, wouldn't it be great if you could write something like puppy border collie walking on busy street with dog walker using a red leash in the fall? You can write that in there and you will get four, five, six different photos that come back to you that now you can use uh, license-free because, again, that photo has never existed before and it will never exist again because it was algorithmically generated by the AI program. And now you can use that for your business and show those concepts, show those concepts, show those ideas that you're trying to get across for your business. Even if you're not paying for licensing fees, I know we've talked before about Canva has a wide selection, so does Unsplash. But I think it's, again, the point of if you were looking for something super specific, that that's where those type of programs fall down and where AI can pick up. Exactly. One that we are starting to use more and more, and I'm sure you've heard of (laughs) recently, is called ChatGPT, and it's really for writing prompts. And it is being banned in schools left and right these days, (laughs) but is where a lot of attention has been paid recently. You know, you give it a prompt and you get writing back. So we typed in there, 
write an Instagram post for pet parents about the benefits of a dog walk include hashtags for our service area. And it gave us this. Pet parents, are you taking advantage of all the beautiful parks and trails our city has to offer? A daily walk with your pup not only provides exercise for them, but it's also a great way for us to bond and enjoy the great outdoors together. Plus, studies show that spending time in nature can reduce stress and improve overall well-being. So lace up those sneakers and hit the pavement with your furry best friend. Hashtag dog walks. Hashtag pet parenting hashtag our service area hashtag nature therapy hashtag parks and trails <laughs> now would we use this as is no probably not but we can take this and we can edit it into something that sounds more like us a little more natural a little more how we would talk and we would change the hashtags to what we actually want but <laughs> but it's a great starting point yeah it is and that's where a lot of this benefit comes in if you sit down and you go I don't know what I'm going to write about today. I have no idea. Or maybe you don't know much about a topic. You sit down and you go, man, I get a lot of questions about... Ticks and fleas in the summer. Yeah, but I don't know where to start with that. Well, you can go to chatgpt.com and you can sign in for your account and you can then write a prompt and go, uh, you know, what are the, you know, what uh, you could ask a question that says, write a blog post for pet parents about the dangers of ticks and fleas in my area in the summer and, and include tips for how to prevent them. And it will sit there and for the next three minutes, it'll type out and spit out a blog about that with five or six or sometimes seven bullet points for you. It's pretty sparse, but you take that. Now you can first, you always need to double check this because ChatGPT is amazing at presenting things like they are fact and they are not. Because again, it is just predictably going, okay, given the words that I have written, what is the most likely next word to come after that given the knowledge that I have and the data that I have in my database? Sometimes it gets hilariously wrong. So you have to first check for errors, then go in and fill it out and add in your flavor, your voice, how you would present this information to somebody in your area and talking to your clients. But it can help you get over that initial hump of going, I don't even know where to start with this. I'm really burned out. I have had a really long day, but oh, I'm supposed to post a blog tomorrow or, oh my gosh, I keep getting those questions about this. Or something that could be really fun is uh, something I was playing around with the other day of going, write an SOP for a dog walking company to train new hires on how to safely and enthusiastically provide a dog walk, include sending updates for pet parents. And it spat out a full SOP for dog walking, basically step-by-step step on how to conduct it. And there were things in there that I would remove and take out, and we would include a lot more in there. But it's a place to start. Again, if you find yourself copying and pasting this kind of text for your business, people will immediately be able to find out. You can see through this a mile away. It's now, what do you do with this? How do you take this and make it your own? But sometimes it's, it's just great to start with these kind of writing prompts. I think there's two important points here. The first one is that they're just not pulling it from like a Wikipedia page, no. right? So where are they getting all this? Well, it may be pulling it from Wikipedia. It's, they're also pulling it from all of the websites. So ChatGPT, as of right now, January of 2023, is pulling all of its data from a large subset of the internet as of 2021. Uh, so two years ago, this data is existing, and they're actually about to come up with the next version of ChatGPT of data from this year, and it's going to be like five or six times as massive of a data set. So this is pulling from all published available data on the internet. 
So this was people's personal websites. These are blog articles written. These are uh, sometimes they are videos that they fed into this and it transcribed and sucked that data up into creating these and is looking at across all these and looking at all the patterns of all of the words for all of these particular subjects and going, now I can take that and just like we were told to do in high school and in college, I need to summarize this in my own words and spit it back out. And that's what it's doing. And I think the second important point here is that the exact words that it gives you will never be generated again, right? Ever. Right. That's crazy. That's pretty pretty wild. And again, that's why it's important for us to remember, I now have, as a business owner, I have to do my due diligence with whatever I'm being given. Whether that's uh, an, a, a route that's being optimized for me, whether that's text that's being generated for my blog or for SEO, I have to review that and make sure that it is accurate. That's the work I have to do. The AI can generate it all day long, and it will be hilariously wrong a lot of the time. <laughs> Again, a lot of the time, especially around specific dates, people, places. It, it gets those wrong very easily just because those get muddied in history and are associated with a lot of different topics. It can't, doesn't quite know yet how to tease out of that, and that's something that they are working on. But we have to go in and make it our own. And I think that's, for me, that's the biggest takeaway of it working with AI is just make it your own. Fine, go have it generate, go to, and we do this right now with all of our software. When clients book, we go in and we make it our own. We ask additional questions. We change titles and we change information and we still reach out to them about particular things. We are still involved in that. And that's an extremely important aspect of any technology that we bring into our business, making sure that we are using it the way we want it to be used. Well, that's an important point because with all of this AI, it can seem like this is all very easy. I just give it what I want and it spits it back out and gives me flowy, flowery language that will be great for my social media posts. But it's not a catch-all for everything. Yeah, it's not a sit back and go, the robots will do it for me. No, no, no. It, it, it is very apparent when the robots are doing everything for you because it does come across as non-edited. It doesn't sound like you. We, we talk a lot about that when we're marketing, when we're trying to connect with our clients. That's where the human aspect comes in, the, in here and going, genuinely, only you know the words, the language, the topics that are going to connect with your clients. And if we relegate all of that to a disembodied AI program, we miss the human aspect. We miss the connection. All of the AI-generated stuff, looks and sounds, I've heard a lot of people say soulless. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like a human connection because there is no human connection to that. It's algorithmically generated text and images. That's good whenever you are making route planning, right? <laughs> That's good whenever you're working with schedules and data. Not so much whenever you're trying to make a real genuine connection with somebody. When you're trying to help pet parents in their problems and solve it and by telling a story and positioning them as the hero of the story. And then another program that we use for AI in our businesses is otter.ai, which is used for our podcast transcripts. Yeah, so if you go to petstoryconfessional.com slash episodes, you can see uh, all of our past episodes and you can read transcripts of the, the audio here. Uh, they, were they were generated by AI. Uh, we upload our audio file and the AI generates the text that flows from that. So it's a speech-to-text AI. AI is really good at this. It's really great at looking and recognizing speech patterns and then making text from that. Uh, it basically, if you're creating videos or audio content for your clients, 
consider generating text as a way to make it, one, more accessible to more clients. And then two, it really helps out your SEO as well for them being able to find you. Something else you may consider is if you're shooting video and making this kind of content, take that recording that you're ta- maybe you're walking through an SOP. And then you can throw it into otter.ai and it can generate text, which you can then edit down into an SOP that you can train staff on. Or even for your clients, if you're needing to walk through your software with your clients or you're needing to walk through how you conduct a meet and greet with them and what they need to have on hand or what they need to tell you at the meet and greet, these can be really helpful. Yeah. Now, is it as accurate as a human generated transcript? No, it's about 90, 95% accurate for a lot of words. But it is a lot faster. <laughs> it's a lot faster and it's a lot cheaper. It's a huge money saver. So then you can go, okay, well, I want it quickly and I don't want to pay as much, which means I would have to do a little bit more editing on the back end. And if I'm just shooting five, 10 minute videos, I can edit that really quick and put those into bullet points and send that off to somebody to use. And so that's another good reminder that none of these systems are 100% accurate or how you would do something. So obviously the robot is not going to sound like you as we've talked about. (laughs) So you always need to triple check the output and make sure that it's your voice and how you would connect with your clients. Instead of viewing these tools as a replacement for your input and your effort, because your time is your most valuable asset. So instead of viewing them as a replacement for you, view them as a way to free up more of your time to do what you want to be doing. You know, chat GPT can save you an hour of time writing a blog, or if you're kind of slow like me, an hour and a half of writing blog. (laughs) But it can give you, you know, maybe more signs of kidney stones in cats or treatments or how to prevent something like that. You know, more, more ideas than you could maybe come up with on your own. But you still, again, you need to edit it for accuracy. You need to make sure that it sounds like how you would write it. I'm really interested to see how this area continues to grow and expand and how we find new and better uses, not just for understanding the health and and language that our pets are communicating to us whenever we're not there or whether we are with them, but also how it can help us better manage our businesses. Right now, a lot of these things, you have to sign into a computer or download a big program to run your computer. They're not quite phone-sized yet or on the app store. But as these become more commoditized and the program's become better equipped to handle specific niches and target industries, it's really going to be cool to have these tools at our resources. I I keep coming back to whenever software first hit the scene and how revolutionizing that was. I've said that word now twice, but like it really was. It really changed how we were able to run our businesses, the peace of mind that it gave us, and how we were better able to serve the clients. And that's where we need to continue to focus. How can I run my business well and serve my clients better. Well, and give them more peace of mind. So, you know, we used to do phone calls to check in and and say, hey, your pet's doing well. Or we would write a note at the end, a physical piece of paper note and say, hey, there was a great visit. Fluffy is so ready for you to come home. You know, but now we have software that can be more immediate. And so by using this AI in the future, we can do, I guess, more immediate things. <laughs> <laughs> well, and more relevant things. That's the other thing is that it's not just, again, all of the data, all of the visualizations, all of the things that you see, you monitor, you check when you're at a visit. If you could put that into a system that could spit out a report about something, 
you know, who knows what that is right now, but that's, that's where we start to seeing a lot of power is now I can take some data and I can put it to use for the benefit of not just me and my business, but for my clients and their pets. So we would love to know how you use AI in your business, or even if you don't, <laughs> if you're a little weirded out by it, if you're not interested at all, that's okay too. <laughs> you can let us know and send us an email at feedback at petsitterconfessional.com, or you can look us up on Instagram and Facebook at petsitterconfessional. Thank you very much to Pet Sitters Associates and our wonderful Patreon members for supporting the show today. Thank you also for listening. Your most valuable asset is your time. And thank you for sharing a little bit with us today. Thanks. We'll talk to you next time.